Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go to the book of Psalms today, Psalm number 84, and give you a thought or two out of this passage that I believe will be a blessing to you. In this psalm, the Bible says here in verse number one, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord, of host my God, my King, my King, my God. Blessed are they that dwell in the house, in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. I'm interested in this Valley of Baca. Now, this is a psalm, a song of the pilgrim. It is a song of the pilgrim. They are traveling here in this passage of Scripture. It's a pilgrimage song. And uh, it's said in the glory days of Israel. This psalm is, is written when Israel was uh, a united kingdom. Uh, they're in their own land. King David was most likely on the throne when it was written. And every year, crowds upon, I mean, thousands would flock to Jerusalem for what was called the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would make this journey from every part of the territories that Israel occupied, and they would make their pilgrimage to the holy city, Mount Zion, where the tabernacle uh, was, and they would come to worship. And, and this psalm is the, is, is the musing of a... Uh, of, a, uh, of an unnamed pilgrim who is making their way to Jerusalem. And he's longing to get to God's house. He has this intense desire for the house of God. He longs to be with the company of God's people. And you hear that heart cry in verse number one, how amiable. That's a word we don't use much, but it means how lovely are thy tabernacles. How lovely. And, uh, you know, there's no place like God's. God's place, uh, the house of God. There's no place like getting to the house of God. I worry about people that say they're saved but never want to go to church. This is a man who loves the uh, house of God. He said, how lovely, how amiable are thy tabernacles. And boy, I've got some great memories of the house of God. And it's still lovely today. And I want to ask you this, is your Christian life as precious to you today as it has been in the past? Is the house of God as lovely to you today as it has been in the past? I mean, the house of God to the child of God, it ought to be the, a lovely place. It's lovely to the memory, uh, lovely to the mind, lovely to the heart, lovely to the soul. Uh, earth contains no sight so refreshing to us as children of God as the Lord's house. What did David say in another passage? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How amiable are thy tabernacles. And did you notice that, that it's plural? 
He did not say how amiable are, is your tabernacle. He said how amiable are thy tabernacles. The tabernacle was divided into three. There were three portions. There were, uh, it's a plural, one, two, three. You've got uh, the outer court, you've got the holy place, and you've got the most holy place. And you know what David, uh, the psalmist was saying? I love every portion of it. I love every place of the tabernacle. I love the, the outside. I love the holy place. I love what goes on behind the veil. Every cord was important to him. Every curtain was dear to him. Even when at a distance, this psalmist rejoiced to remember that sacred tent where Jehovah would reveal himself. And this traveler seems to have like a, a holy jealousy of the birds. In verse number three, if you look what he said, he talks about the sparrows and he said, Yea, the sparrows have found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. He said, The birds have found a place in that tabernacle, in that tent. You know, the temple courtyards, uh, tabernacle courtyards were outside, open to the sky. Uh, there were eaves that would make a great place for a bird to nest. And there were birds in and around the tabernacle. And, and the writer says, yea, the birds have more freedom than I've got. And he's like saying, oh, to be one of those birds that can make their home right there in the house of God. He envied the sparrows that lived in the house of God and picked up the st stray crumbs uh, in the court there. And it was only a dream for him to be able to frequent the solemn assemblies and and get a little bit of food, heavenly food, to go away. He envied those swallows uh, whose nests were built in the eaves of the house of God, where they had found a place for their young and, and, and for themselves as well. And you, listen, we rejoice not only in our personal religious opportunities, but we ought to rejoice in the fact that we get to raise a, our family in the house of God. We can build a nest in the house of God. The church of God is a house for us but it is a nest for our little ones. Verse 3 and 4, it's uh, clear he's left his work day, uh, life, uh, work a day life behind him. He's headed up to worship. He's just longing for the presence of God. Boy, how many times have we wanted to leave this world and, and leave uh, our jobs or leave the school we go to or, or what's going on in our life and just get in the presence of God? How many times have we said, if I can just get to church, why is this not Sunday? Why is this not Wednesday? Why is this not revival night? I need some preaching. I need some singing. I need some shouting. If I could just get to church, everything would feel better. If I could just get back to the house where there's love and communion and fellowship, if I can just make it back to that house of God. And by the way, that's not just the church house. That's, that's your own personal relationship with God. You ought to long to be able to get in the secret place with God. If I can just get it, get back to that personal place, that devotion place, that prayer closet, if I can just get in the presence of God. And here, that's what he's longing for, only to come in contact with a valley. He's got his eyes set on the presence of God, getting in the glory of God, being around the worship of God, being around the holy place, the sanctuary of God, and... Um, he comes into a valley. I'll say this. If you want to get to where God's at, a lot of times you have to go through the valley to get there. If you know anything about Jerusalem, Jerusalem was situated on a hill. And in order for a traveler to get to Jerusalem, they had to pass through a valley. In fact, there were 
three names of valleys around Jerusalem. Rephaim, which means the valley of shadows. Hinnom, which is the valley of wailing. And then in our text, Baca, which is the valley of weeping. In other words, to get to the worship, you had to come through some shadows or you had to come through some wailing or you had to come through some weeping. The goal of the traveler was to get to the holy mountain, to the holy place. But to get there, they had to come through the valley of wailing or shadows or weeping. And the text that we're in is the valley of tears, the valley of weeping. And so I'm just looking at this valley of Baca, the valley of tears. And I want you to see a couple things out of this. And uh, we'll probably spend a couple days on this, a couple podcasts on this, on the valley of tears, the valley of Baca. First of all, it's required travel. It's required travel. Every person that came to the Lord's tabernacle, those three, that temple, every person that came to that temple mount had to pass through the valley. The, the city of Jerusalem could not be reached without passing through some valley. And I'll say it again, there can be no Jerusalem in your life without having a valley in your life. The path that leads to God's presence and power and glory goes through a valley. You could not get to God's presence in Jerusalem without going through the valley. To get to his power, to get to his position, to get to his praise, you had to go through the valley. I'm talking about when you pray, God, I want you to use me. When you pray, God, I want your power. When you pray, God, I want to be a blessing to your people. When you pray, God, I want to see revival in my personal life, in my family, in my church. When you pray, God, I want to be a soul winner. You better be sure that God is going to test to see if you mean business. And when you start out for God's glory, God requires you to travel through the valley. Many times we whine and we complain about the trial or the test that we are in, but it may be God's trying to get you to Jerusalem. The reason you're going through the valley is God may be leading you to the place of worship where you can see him in all his glory. And sometimes we think we're the only one going through the valley. But every person, every person that got to the Mount Zion had to go through a valley. They had to go through Baca, or they had to go through Hinnom, or they had to go through Rephaim. And you need to hear what I'm saying. Every person that's ever seen God's glory had to experience hard times. And it may be, that the reason you're going through a trial and a test and a valley is because God is trying to get you to a Jerusalem. Be patient. I'm going to deal with this subject again again on the next podcast, and I don't want you to miss it, this valley of Baca, the valley of tears. But I'm telling you, if you're going through a valley today, lift up your head. God may be taking you to Jerusalem. If you're going through a valley today, God may be taking you to a place of worship like you've never been before. And so you just be patient and uh, continue the journey. Today, we've got the opportunity to go out and be salt and light. This world needs us. It's dirty. It's dark. Go out today and do something for God. Be a, be a witness. Make an impression on somebody today. Purify it. Illuminate it. 
If you're listening to this in the evening, why don't you plan on purpose? I'm getting up in the morning. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to be salt and light in this world. And until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.